You're listening to This Is Spinal Crap, the podcast about living well with a spinal cord injury. Remember, if you heard it on This Is Spinal Crap, it's probably not medically correct, so always check with your spinal unit or an appropriate medical professional. This Is Spinal Crap is sponsored by Colourplast, providing effective solutions for bladder and bowel management. Welcome, welcome, welcome. As always, it's great to be back in the studio for a brand new episode of This Is Spinal Crap. Today, it's myself, Ruth Early, and I'm joined by Ian Mackey, who is still mad at me for saying that last <laughs> week's guests were better looking than him. How could I be mad at you, Ruth? <laughs> Um, yeah, so as Chris isn't here, this is my turn to do the social stuff, so please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to our podcast, and tell your friends and family, as well as follow on socials. Instagram at This Is Spinal Crap, Twitter and Facebook at Spinal Crap Show, email us at thisispinalcrap at gmail.com, and our website www.thisispinalcrap.com, and sign up for our newsletter. We do have quite a few people that we like to hear from. We might have one or two of them in the studio with us today. Um, today is all about walking. Um, people usually associate spinal cord injuries or paralysis with wheelchairs. But the fact of the matter is that there has been a massive change in recent times in uh, incomplete injuries, which I'm going to be quizzing our guests about today. Um, and so uh, no two injuries are the same. For some, like myself and Ian, um, walking is possible. Um, but it may require aids such as crutches or sticks. It might require orthotics or supports, or it mightn't require any of those. Um, so Ian and I have brought along a few friends today to discuss their experiences of being able to walk with a spinal cord injury. First of all, joining us today is Jacques Liebenberg. Hi, Jacques. Hello. Jacques is one of our biggest supporters. Um, he's always the first to show us some love on social media, so we love him for that. And most importantly, he's the mentoring coordinator at Backup and is involved with the Next Steps programme. So that's the course for people with spinal cord injuries who can walk. Um, Jacques has been injured since 1993 and is level L1 incomplete. Is that right, Jacques? That's correct, yes. Okay, um, we also have Kim with us, Kim Bowler, our favourite Aussie. She's a part-time walker, part-time wheelchair user, injured since 2009 um, at L23 Incomplete, am I right? Also right, yep, hello. You have another name for your L23 injured, don't you? I do, mostly because I had L2 and 3 removed as part of my surgery and had a new one plugged in, so I'm L2 and a half <laughs> incomplete. <laughs> okay, and our third guest today is Holly Pullum. Holly was injured in a biking in- incident in 2014 um, at C45, and she is incomplete. So she's a tetraplegic walker. Um, her rehab at... She, you rehabbed at Salisbury, Holly, is that right? I did, yeah. And that not just helped you get back on your feet, but it also inspired you to train as an occupational therapist. Yes, Yay. Did. Oh, Well yeah. done. Great, great. Um, so as I said, there are many different types of injuries and no two are the same. Um, there's, there seems to be a kind of a stereotype that, you know, people with spinal cord injuries should be in a wheelchair, um, which historically was probably quite accurate. But... In more recent times with medical developments and with improvements in early intervention and surgery and therapies, things are changing. Kim, am I right in saying that? Yeah, I, I, I work in the backup office as well. And 
the job that I do involves outreach and support. So the people that we're supporting there are starting to be a little bit more elderly. Uh, they have falls in their home, uh, break their necks, have excellent care and are discharged back to their home, but then have the standard or typical or expected results of spinal injuries, including bowel and bladder problems, uh, as well as dexterity and walking. Uh, yeah, older people, more of them. <laughs> wow. I think we heard that as well last week when we were talking about people with higher level injuries as well. And we we, we started to, to learn that there has been this big change in demographics of people being injured. Jacques, what's your experience of that? Yes, it certainly has changed a lot over the years. I mean, I was injured nearly 27 years ago. And at that stage, similar to what the guy said in the last podcast episode is that at that time, it was a lot of younger men that got injured, but the demographic has certainly moved. It's more closer to sort of late 50s that people are now getting injured. And it's a variety of things. Like Kim said, people have falls. It's also medically related as well. So people can have a spinal bleed or it could be uh, cancerous or different kinds of things that happen. And it's just a medical intervention nowadays is so much better than what it was, let's say, 20 odd years ago. And, and these kind of things get picked up. So um, people have an incomplete injury and uh, yeah, all the fun that that brings. Something I, I was told in my acute hospital was that there's particular times of year when injuries occur. Do, mm -hmm. do you guys find that as well as? Um, certainly sort of uh, in the winter time, yes, there's a lot more falls in the winter time, um, but it, it, it goes in sort of cyclical things I would say yeah. um, so it's not not necessarily a hard and fast rule right it could be as a result of the winter months and stuff that people will have I was sort of told mainly it's bank holiday weekends when guys are sort of doing DIY and stuff and climbing ladders <laughs> well, and you'll, that you'll, sort of get, thing, you'll yeah. get that side yeah, of it as yeah, well yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. there's definitely I remember an when uh, April came around in the unit I was in and they were like we're clearing beds for motorbike season yeah oh, and then wow. fair yeah, enough there yeah. were then four young lads came in yeah who come off their motorbikes yeah wow. You know, just like that, and you're like, "Whoa, I didn't, I didn't think that would actually." I happen. wonder. Then over winter, yeah. do they expect slips and falls with older people? That's the yeah. main thing: yeah. is slips and falls in that sort of side of things, and and it's whiplash that people will sustain to their necks, and and that can have uh, cause damage to the spinal cord. Really? Yeah, mm. wow. but it just depends on how severe. I mean, I know of somebody that had a slip and fall in their bathroom, and mm. that caused hyperextension of their neck and then they um, they now have an incomplete spinal cord injury so yeah sure there's so many of those stories around aren't yeah. there when I was in in my my uh, spinal unit I mean the stories you hear how people get their spinal cord injuries is just unreal mm. some of them are just very exciting and dramatic <laughs> and then some are like <laughs> me and it's like so boring <laughs> yeah so mine mine wasn't boring because i was i was wrestling an alligator and uh, yeah i've got the best set of luggage and shoes at home <laughs> well m mine's actually just a paper cut <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna come back to that in a well, I was in the army in uh, South Africa at the time when I had my injury. Um, it was a Wednesday afternoon, 31st of March, around 4.30 in the afternoon. Complete freak accident. I was in a Land Rover with three other mates and I just fell out of the Land Rover before we came to a stop and fell into a sitting position. I fractured my pelvis and compressed L1 at the same time. Wow. A tiny bone fragment during that compression, so they called it a burst fracture as well in some cases. 
tiny bone fracture during the compression went into my spinal cord and that's why it's an incomplete injury. Okay. Same as me, that was yeah, birth yeah. fracture. Yeah. Kim, how did the alligator fare in your in your fight? Crocodile, uh, alligator, yeah, right? yeah, Australian, yeah, what the, do you call them? The crocodile was drunk yeah. and driving a car. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and ran over me. So actually I, I hated when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it ruined my Thursday. It was so inconvenient. But um yeah. Everywhere, can't stop <laughs> But uh yeah, he, he ran over me as a pedestrian at two in the afternoon and I was conscious for the whole lot. Remember going under the car as soon as I came to a stop I was I was quite like Jacques as well I knew straight away that my back had been broken um, I couldn't f feel my legs but I could definitely feel the pain I actually had no idea for about six months how injured I was I just didn't get it I had a, a mild brain injury at the same time okay. and by the time I'd come through rehab and everything two years had gone by and now we're here was home Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. what a way to make England your home. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I don't know if I should be apologizing. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to apologize, but you know, the English yeah. might like to apologize. <laughs> I'll take an apology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you prefer an apology from the drunk guy? Did he stop? Was it, was it all? Uh, yeah, he did stop. Right. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I feel, well, I don't feel bad. He was still drunk. Driving, he was so, drunk. You know, yeah, he was that. having a good time. <laughs> Okay, and did he come out of it all right, or was he in any way injured? Or no, absolutely fine. I, this is where I very bitterly say he got given a two hundred and fifty pound fine <gasps> and told yeah, not to yeah. do it again. Yeah. So yeah, really, really. Uh, yeah. Thanks for that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's. And um, <laughs> let's let's move along from that then. <laughs> um, we know that spinal cord injuries raise a whole host of problems. Um, mobility is but one of those problems. Ian, um, what kind of ways has your spinal cord injury, aside from your mobility, what kind of ways has it affected you? A apart from my mobility. Apart from mobility. Uh, well, my mental health, um, mm -hmm. my uh, ability to go to the toilet, mm -hmm. um, catheterize. Um, so yeah, it, br it brings a multitude of issues really. Uh, going to work uh, for me, I can't do my job that I used to do anymore because um, I'm not accessible in, in a wheelchair. Um, so yeah, many, many, many different things. Okay. Um, and would you? How's your mobility getting on? How, how have you been? Yeah, mobility is going really well. I do uh, finished all physio, so my rehab has all stopped. I was one of the last of the spinal crap team to get my injury, so I'm the last to sort of leave rehab and everything else. Um, but I go to the gym now, sports therapy. Um, I see Jacques goes to the gym as well. Um, and it's all about sort of keeping fit now for me um, and getting as much sort of mobility as I can. So I use my stick um, or a pair of crutches. Mm. And then if it's long distances or I don't know where I'm going, but similar to Kim, I use a wheelchair. Um, just because I don't know how I'm going to get about. Getting up steps for me is difficult because my nerves are damaged in my backside, so I don't have any glute muscles and I don't have any calf muscles. Okay. So walking up steps, walking up slopes, walking down steps, walking down slopes, I cannot do unless I have some sort of support or railing. Okay. So I have to be very careful and plan in advance where I'm going to go. Just a question around sort of going up and down slopes. Do you find that going down a slope, is it harder than going up the slope? Yeah, yeah. because my balance, because I can't balance now, and you're yeah. probably the same, yeah. is I, I tend to lean back all the time. Yeah. So as I'm leaning back, walking down the slope, you sort of they're trying to lean forward, and that's where you get this sort of 
teetering yeah. movement and then you it's almost like momentum strength yeah exactly overtake you. yeah 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 and especially if you're in a crowd or people are around and then you get brushed past and then yeah. you know so i've had a couple of falls when mm. i've been out and yeah that's no fun I don't that's really interesting though because i find going downhill easier because walking is basically just controlled falling and i i have better control going down a hill than trying to push myself up the hill what yeah. do you mean walking is controlled falling it's just a maintenance of balance yeah. and putting one step in front of the Would other. Would you like a technical term for that as an OT? Yes, yeah. please. <laughs> it's called a concentric movement. So yeah. it's um, mm. where it's um, so basically when you're going down, you're having to maintain your posture, and so a lot of your muscles are like trying to slowly release. Whereas when you're going up, it's an isometric movement. Well, no, not isometric. Sorry, it's an eccentric movement. Okay, we well, see you just lost me with the science. Yeah, <laughs> but I believe yeah, but you. Basically, <laughs> concentric movements are more difficult in terms of stability. Okay. So if you have less stability, then you're going to find going downhill. Is that um, why more I'm difficult. like, if I'm trying to walk unaided, I can move as long as I've got momentum, yeah. but mm. I can't when I stop in one place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will fall over. It's see, my issue is slightly different because I've got no glutes. Mm. So my okay. glutes is what controls you when you're going up a slope, yeah. going up steps. So mm. we, you use a step machine you know, when you're fully able. Yeah. That's what you're, you're basically building up is your glute muscles. Yeah. And because I don't have any glutes, that's where I struggle and they obviously have no balance as well as. And are your glutes firing at all? No. no. Not, Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Cool. Um, Ian kind of gave the game away there a little bit, Kim, by mentioning that you sometimes um, use your chair for long distances. When, how do you decide when you're going to walk or when you're going to use your chair? Well, if I know that I was coming here today, as an example, uh, I factored in the storm that's outside. Mm -hmm. I factored in that there's usually quite a lot of people walking around in London that aren't necessarily looking out for people with mobility issues mm -hmm. and uh, that it was easier for me to get uh, a, a taxi here from my house. So it's it's a short distance walk from the front door of my house to the taxi and then it was a short distance walk from the taxi to the studio here. So that was for me a no-brainer. Bring the sticks, it's a lot more convenient, a lot easier to, to fold up and put in the car as an example. But if I'm going to take the dogs for a walk or if I'm on holiday somewhere and I want to do some sightseeing and I know I'll be out all day and want to see lots of things, then it's got to be wheels all the way. Uh, it helps me manage pain. It helps me, man me manage fatigue. Uh, it gives me better distance on how much time I can spend out of out of bed and resting, as an example. So it, it's really um, pain pa pacing and, and pain management is what dictates using a chair or sticks for me. Okay, perfect. It's and all like, about planning, isn't it, really? Mm. All, got, about planning. all about planning. Yeah. We discussed that 100%. before, haven't we? Yeah, 100%. I, think that's, I, I don't think that's specific to walkers either, though. I think no, that I is think just a general. Yeah, general um, Jacques, what makes you decide? Um, so I'm mainly a wheelchair user, and uh, although my injury is very similar to Ian's, I also don't have any glutes or any function below my knees, so I don't have any glutes or hamstrings at work. Um, for me, I can walk short distances, and I really... Uh, enjoy being able to do that because that gives you so much more freedom so i when i drive i wheel up to the car stick my chair in the boot and then i can shuffle to the front uh my bro my brother-in-law is one of the most pc people that i know he calls it the cripple shuffle <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's and that's what i do so i i sort of hold on to the car and i can shuffle to the front 
I wouldn't call it walking because you, you do walking a disservice by calling that walking. It's also known as the raspberry ripple. Yeah. That, that, that could be it as well. Um, and, and for me, um, if, if I know that I'm going to be somewhere really inaccessible, I can't take crutches. I can't walk with the sticks that you guys walk with because my walking is really atrocious. I need to put a lot of uh, force through the sticks. Otherwise, I will fall flat on my face. Mm. Um, and I and I don't have any glutes either. So my butt, after 26 years of muscle atrophy, my butt is really bony. Mm. I can't sit on a normal chair. It needs to be a really soft chair, and I'm prone to pressure sores and that kind of stuff. Mm. So for me, if I w use crutches to walk, I need to think, it's like, where am I going to sit after this? And what am I going to do when I get there kind of thing? It's It sounds weird, but if I use crutches, I actually feel more disabled than when I use a wheelchair. Mm. And that's just my my take on it. I fully, fully understand that from, mm. you know, from what you're saying there about your calf and your glutes and everything. I just It's horrific, isn't it? Trying yeah. to get yeah, about, on the, even on this walking sticks, as you yeah. say, you're putting so much weight through. Yeah. Um, and then we're trying to sit down as well as. And well, that that's leads it. to a lot of fatigue then. It, it is. You're using your upper body. So I, I have to use my, I have to yeah. engage my yeah. core a lot when I yeah. do walk with crutches. And it's mm. also the fact that I have to use two crutches. I can't walk with just one. And I, opening a door, like if it's a really heavy door, I have to lean into it. So somebody that's trying to be helpful, if they open the door as I'm trying to open it, they'll completely throw off my balance completely. Yeah. And then I can't carry anything either. I can carry a few things that I can hook onto the sticks, onto the handles of the crutches. But for the most part, I'll be asking people, can you help me with this or can you help me with that? So it's walking for the sake of walking rather than being functional. Exactly, exactly. exactly. And that's, that's the kind of thing that is a big thing for me is like, if you can walk, try whatever you need to do. But it's about form versus function. Mm. Yeah. If, it, if, if you get any kind of benefit from it, do it. It's really good for you to do that. But if it... If it doesn't do anything, it's up to you. Can I ask you then, Holly, because you don't use any sticks or chairs no. or any kind of aids. Um, actually, I do have a power chair at work. A power chair? I know, sounds crazy, right? <laughs> so, um, so I was suffering with really bad fatigue and pain um, that's subsided now quite a lot. But through the Access to Work scheme, I did actually get a power chair for work. So I work in a disability college. It's got a very wide campus and a lot of students have power chairs and they're ambulant and I have to go out with them into the community and we practice road crossings and whatnot. Um, and so to manage my fatigue and my pain throughout the day, I have a power chair at work that okay. I can use strategically. So if I know that I'm going out in the afternoon um, with a student who runs a lot or I have to cover a large distance, then I'll use my power chair in the morning so I can save my energy for the afternoon. Can you talk us through your yeah. journey from rehab to OT? Oh, yeah, sure. So, <laughs> so what made you yeah. chase this particular avenue? So I'm just like lying there in bed, paralyzed from the neck down. I'm thinking, what the hell am I going to do as a job? That was the first thing that was on my mind. Obviously, I was like, what am I going to do now? And then like, you know, in and out of the lucidness of like of rehab, this, this woman came in and she was chatting to me and she kept saying she was an occupational therapist. And I'm like, still don't get it and like no one gets it no one gets what an occupational therapist is for a very long time um and then she started explaining it. i was like this job sounds incredible <laughs> like this sounds so fun like everything that i love doing uh, but all wrapped into one and i said can i be an ot and she said yeah sure the guy who was in your bed before you was paraplegic and he became an ot and he came back and worked on the ward no. wow. as a wheelchair user and then i actually met him he came and did a vocational clinic at the um unit 
And I was like, oh my God, you're this guy. Oh my God, you're my hero. <laughs> uh, what do I do with me like you? <laughs> and um, we went to the same university, Bristol UWE, that oh, wow. he did. And um, so I spent, obviously my fatigue was really, really terrible. It was it was on, uh, on the level of like ME, you know, like some days I couldn't get out of bed. Mm. Um, and I was just crying from like feeling like my body was just going to explode. I couldn't think, I couldn't read hardly like anything. Um, I couldn't like watch TV. That was exhausting. Just the wind on my face was exhausting. Some days I'd be fine. It was just really bizarre. Um, and so I spent a year on the sofa. Um, I applied to uni. I went and I spent the, <laughs> the first two years of my degree walking into the lecture theatre every morning in my pajamas, threw a <laughs> yoga mat down, and just like just like just slept halfway through. <laughs> but but I knew you know like they were going through things like what is disability, and I was like well. Every now and again, I'm like, oh, we just fly up, you know, because I'm a bit of a geek and I'm always at the front. So I was like, hello, I answer, even if I'm half listening. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and it was, yeah, it was a quite very difficult journey um, with the placements because, you know, it's very difficult being a non able bodied person in a medical environment, um, definitely, as a healthcare professional. But then, uh, yeah, then I got through. Um, yeah, and. Uh, Got my first job, yeah. yeah. So I was, that was the biggest moment for me. That was that was my rehab, you know. Like for me, it wasn't the mobility so much that I was focused on. It was the, it was the get a job, be able to support yourself financially. Yeah, that was yeah. that was the biggest thing because, of course, like in terms of benefits and things like that, I couldn't access anything at all. So that was um, that was a big deal for me. Jack, you said something just a few minutes ago about um, how it's just a paper cut. Yeah. <laughs> we've also had, um, we've discussed before that somebody mentioned to Ian that he just had a flesh wound. That's very yeah. true, they did, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, after, we, actually after that episode went out, you sent a message to both myself and Ian yeah. saying, we need to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's how we, we started talking to you about coming yeah. on the show. This is something you're very passionate about. It is, I mean, uh, like Ian, I mean, uh, through various sort of interactions with different people, I've also had the comment thrown at me, oh, you're just a flesh wound. Uh, you've got nothing to worry about. You're okay, kind of thing. And it depends on who it comes from if it comes mm. from somebody that is making a joke fair enough i can take a joke i'm i'm the world's biggest prankster that there is really so i can't take a joke but if it's somebody that is got no clue of what it is like living with a spinal cord injury mm. then i feel like shoving my size 11 boot <laughs> up their butt and go like See how comfortable that feels <laughs> every morning. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. This comes from though people minimising the yeah. injuries and saying because you're a walker, you're yeah. you don't have a real spinal yeah. cord injury or that is it. Yeah, yeah. And what you tend to what I have found is people are always saying so when when you're getting better. Oh. Yeah, you get oh. that if you're walking oh, with. A I get oh you're hundred percent now then yeah, yeah great yeah. great great and I go yeah, yeah. no and they haven't heard that. No one ever hears a no. You have to sort no. of deal with everyone else's expectations yeah. on how you are. It's a thing about people think that there is a recovery. You will make a full recovery mm -hmm. after yeah. spinal cord injury. And in the 26 years that I've had mine, and I've met so many other people, and even through working at Backup, I've never come across anybody that's made 100% recovery no. from a spinal cord injury. You may make what is, on paper, again, a really good recovery, but you'll have some 
things that are not the visible side of the disability mm. either because yeah. that's what people don't see. We do kind of have a responsibility to educate people, mm, I definitely. feel. Do you mm. know that if people yeah. say, oh, you've, have you, oh have, you, have you had an injury? I go, yeah, I have a, I've had a spinal cord injury. They go, mm. you what? <laughs> 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 but I mean, if, if I mean, two years ago, if somebody had said to me, oh, I've got a spinal cord injury and I said they were walking around with a stick, I would have been like, they've got some kind of a mental yeah. illness or yeah. something yeah. Because, because I didn't understand. And you, yeah. you can't expect people to understand. So, you know, it's probably, you know, our responsibility now to actually educate them about yeah. what a spinal cord injury is nowadays. Yeah. You know, we're not in the Definitely. 80s anymore. Yeah. I think or that's so interesting when it comes to identity and sense of validity. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because, you know, like, People say, well, do I really have a spinal cord injury? Because yeah. I thought I've been told it's if you're in a wheelchair. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. then you're walking around the stick and you're thinking, do I still have it? But then you go into the whole guilt thing. So yeah. when I was yeah. in my spinal unit and, and it was actually an outreach worker that said that to me, that I had a flesh wound who was in a power chair. Uh, I was in a ward full of guys who had C-section breaks mm. of my neck down. So I felt guilty because mm. I thought, well, mm. I don't really have a spinal cord injury because... I mean, I, my legs move yeah. so yeah. walker's guilt there you, you go like exactly. we all had it yeah, yeah. 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 you're taking up a bed yeah yeah completely exactly you know and then you feel guilty yeah. about my one of my guilty things was because my family and my friends are in ireland and they were taking time off work spending money all of that to come visit me and i felt really responsible mm. for that mm -hmm. obviously it was their decision to make if they were going to come or not but at the time i you know i was like oh no 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 everything's fine don't come and visit everything's fine mm. you know it's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> okay <Yeah. laughs> I'll just be, a little nick it's just like a paper cut <laughs> <laughs> it's a British it. we, fine we, we, we don't play it again because we don't want that kind of uh, sense of it's it's like we're almost entitled to less because we're not yeah. as mm. severely mm. injured as mm. somebody else somebody else yeah mm. but you're every, in between aren't you you're just yeah, in between yeah but everybody has their own demons to fight when you've got a spinal cord injury mm. and it I've I've come across people that have a really high level injury and they lead a really fulfilling life and they've got their head screwed on right and, and everything just seemed to fall in place for them. And then I've met other people with, again, what on paper looks like a really low level injury. A flesh that, wound. That, flesh. Yeah, <laughs> well, actually, that, that, the research is that people who have, um, are able to walk with an SCI actually have... Um, um, they report lower levels of life, lower, lower quality of life. Mm. Really? You know what? Yeah. I think that's because yeah. it takes mm. an awful lot of work to, to yeah. get around, oh, to yes. walk yeah. around. Mm. And I mean, I feel like because I can walk that I should. Mm -hmm. um, it's very rare that I use my wheelchair now. I have to really, really know that I'm going to be struggling before yeah. I take it out. I mean, it, it, it's, it doesn't come out that often at all. Um, and that's my choice and mm -hmm. I'm never going to criticize anybody else for their choice because I don't know what I don't know what cho reason somebody wakes up in the morning and decides I'm going to use my chair or I'm going to walk or whatever it might be and everybody has very as we said every injury is different but it's my choice every morning to get up and push myself because that's just kind of who mm -hmm. I am anyway that I'll always push myself um but that comes with the other side of a, the the fatigue and the you know exhaustion Pain. and all of that and that's a decision that I know mm. that I know that Ian, you talk about the boom bust cycle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I go into it knowing yeah, what I'm yeah, doing yeah, to yeah. myself. Right. <laughs> yeah. Being like, the boom just feels just, hella good. And then you're asleep for six weeks, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a reasonably similar experience, actually, very recently, where um, I was trying to be, you know, you know what I'm like, Ian. I'm always like, yeah, I'm totally able bodied. I, I got this. I'm fine. <laughs> um, and, you know, as you know, I was 
uh, over in the States for, for six weeks and I was just having great old time of it thinking, yeah, I'm fine. No, nothing wrong with me. Not telling anybody that there was anything wrong with me, pretending that it was a sprained ankle that I was using the stick for, you know, that kind of thing. It's flowing down um, a river called denial. So, and then I got a, a, a very, very um, harsh reality check one day. I was, I was actually out on a date. I had met this guy. I was like, oh, this is all good. This mm-hmm. is going well. Went for a few drinks um, and then I peed myself. Uh-oh. And I was like, oh, could it be any more humiliating? Was um, that in excitement though? <laughs> well, I mean, that's I usually reserve that for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I got out of there as quick as I possibly could. I was like, taxi? <laughs> And there you never know what could have been. But yeah, so that was where I kind of got to go. Okay, I have to actually accept now that I am not going to be 100%. I'm not going to be what I was before. And that's actually probably, I mean, because I'm still quite early on compared to you guys. I was was going to comment on that, actually. Holly's still relatively new as well. Like Jacques's a veteran. I'm kind of getting up there now. I'm plus 10 years. Mm. And all this this talk about I've got to try my best. I have to do my best. I have to get Mm. better. I have to walk as far as I can. I have to be away from my wheelchair as much as possible. I also went through that. I wanted to leave my wheels behind. And I realized I was really just doing that to prove a point to myself and to try and impress the people who were supporting me so much. Mm. But I realized that I was sacrificing half of my life because I was in rehab for so much. Uh, I was in physio three days a week and I was at the gym three days a week and I was having hydrotherapy and all these other things. Mm. And then I was too too tired to do anything else. So I kind of gave up the rehab and decided to incorporate the wheels, my wheelchair, into my life and discovered that I was living 100% of my life again. Mm. Uh, But it took me a good five or six years to make my peace with myself and that was the deal that I would make with myself. Mm. It didn't matter what other people thought of me. It didn't matter what I had previously thought of me. I wasn't letting anyone down. This is how I'm going to live my life now. And it's just blossomed so much since then. So the last four years have been really productive, less mentally heavy, uh, trying to prove that I can walk and just living my life with a spinal injury and it's been so different. I might have to check in with you in That's another great. three That's years. Nice. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Um, Jacques, I want to know about the Next Steps courses at Backup. Are you the best person to ask? Um, well, me and Holly kind of are probably on, on, <laughs> on par with, uh, <laughs> with the Next Steps course. So. The next steps came out of research that Backup did uh, into identifying that we're not reaching the demographic of people that are incomplete injuries that can walk. Mm-hmm. And so next steps is kind of an amalgamation of a few different things. But what we put in there is a lot of talking and listening in there because it's the first time sometimes that people get the opportunity to talk to other people with incomplete injuries. Mm-hmm. And then you get to share all of this stuff about walker's guilt and what do you do and mm-hmm. how do you manage your fatigue? And it's like, yes, I get tired for no reason mm-hmm. at all. And we uh, found that a lot of people who come, they've been on other backup courses, but they'd always taken a step back from conversations because yeah. they felt self-conscious talking about that in front of yeah. people who are complete. I'm hoping to take part in the next steps uh, this year. Um, I haven't signed up for it yet, but I'll be in touch. Don't please, worry. Um, please do sign up. No, I do. I do want to. Yeah. I want to come on it. So yeah. um, I just. And me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should we just do like a mini <laughs> one now? This is basically when, it. Yeah. When we when we started the next steps course, there was actually so much demand for it because it was such an untapped mm. field yeah. that we had within backup that we ran two courses per year just to accommodate the number of people that wanted to do it. Yeah. And it's it's oversubscribed every time. 
that we do it. It, it okay. is already now as well. It's yeah. not running until August this year, and there's already more applicants than spaces. Yeah. So oh, if you want right. to apply, <laughs> the, the thing, get the, your the thing is, I would in. not discourage anybody from from applying. Yeah. Apply for it because it, we do look at what people want to get out of the course, and if people have done other courses, it's not necessarily to say that they won't get onto the next steps course. But what we want to do is get people on the courses and share that experiences with them. Okay, brilliant. I need to, before we move on, I want to just mention, I have called Aquinas syndrome, yeah. um, which I think is quite a common um, condition in uh, a lot of the walkers. <coughs> Not a lot of walkers will have it, but a lot of people with Corda Aquinas syndrome will be walkers. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something that people, I get quite a few messages on social media from people saying, oh, I have Corda Aquinas syndrome. Is that a spinal cord injury? Yeah. Or just not knowing they've been to general hospitals, they maybe haven't made it to it to specialist units. Um, and there's a lot of issues that are that I believe are quite specific to uh, Corda Aquinas syndrome. Um, and I have two things that I want to mention. First of all, if we get a lot of healthcare professionals listening to this show um, who often ask questions about Corda Aquina, um, if there are any healthcare professionals who are listening, the Royal National Orthopaedic Hospital are holding a training um, workshop on Corda Aquina syndrome in March and there are details of it on their Facebook and Twitter page and they do still have space for people to go along um, uh, medical professionals or healthcare professionals to go along to that so that might be a good opportun opportunity um, and also for anybody who has Corda Aquina syndrome and is looking to learn a little bit more about it maybe meet other people who have it um, the Corda Aquina syndrome association um, are, are running an event in March that I'm, I'm going to I'm not sure how many spaces they have available or what's still happening with that but look it up um, it's for people with Corda Aquina syndrome and there'll be workshops on psychosexual counselling physiotherapy medical devices for bladder and bowel management as well as like meditation and sessions on health and wellness and it is being held at a spa so you know there's that too just saying so that's where I'm going to be in March um, um, Ian we are also part of the walkers group at Stanmore we certainly are I think that's specific is that specific to Stanmore yes it's only there okay so this is, is limited then to people who have been to Stanmore and who are walkers so that is quite yes. a small group um, compared to the amount of listeners that we have but if that is you um, do get in touch with the unit there because it's a kind of a support group for which basically deals with all of these issues. They have workshops every, I think it's like once every two months or two so, months, is it? Think, yeah. And it's like discussions about maybe pain management or various different issues affecting um, people who walk. It's time for a game, role <laughs> models. Everybody should be familiar with the game by now. Yep. Yeah, everybody everybody listens to the show. Yep. Yep. You better, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, as you know, I'll ask a question, I'll place you in a hypothetical situation. So you have to tell mm. me what you would do and what you think a role model would do. <laughs> we all, we're all familiar with, you know, the idea of a role yeah, model. This here. is like when I was on the chase. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to get that in, I don't know. Do you win any money when you're on the chase? Huh? No, but fame and glory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you make it to the final game? Did you make it? No, but I did make it on the Christmas blooper special. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. 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 What, how did you manage, what was your blooper? Um, <laughs> was really I think it was me just making a really awkward laugh. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> there it is. I like some joke about Yoda, and it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love Joe 
it's about Yoda. Don't worry, the chase may not have wounded you, but you'd probably make me do our best bits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Christmas special. Okay, we're ready for the situation. You're travelling alone through a busy UK airport and have booked special assistance to get you from the plane to the pickup area outside the terminal. You've had a long flight and you've just landed. You're very tired. You haven't brought your own wheelchair and you're relying on airport special assistance. A lady with a crazed look in her eye wheels you through the airport to baggage reclaim where you have a suitcase to collect. Along the way, she loses control of the chair on a downward slope and barely recovers herself. She then tells you that it's your fault because you weigh too much and she grumbles all the way to the carousel. Your bag has already been removed from the carousel and is waiting to go. Your new friend then asks you how you plan to transport your suitcase. You're obviously confused by this because the service is always provided by the assistant staff and it's part of the reason you book assistance in the first place. You explain this, but the crazy lady refuses to take your bag. Apparently it's not in her job description. Having seen you disembark the plane on foot to sit in the wheelchair, she is aware that you can walk. She asks you why you can't just bring your own bags. After all, you can walk. What do you do? And what does a role model do? Ooh. Over the jacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for putting yeah. me on the spot. Um, my, my gut reaction would probably be to say as well, I can walk, but I can only walk short distances and carrying a bag is just out of the question completely. Um, would you mind... It's always been done in other airports. See, the reason I said you go first, because I thought you'd be far more abrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. Exactly. I can walk. I'm going to punch her in the face. I can do. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I I do have my moments where I completely lose it and just say what a child with no fault would say, and I would just tell him to stick it where the sun doesn't shine. And do you know what? That situation, exactly that situation, has happened to me. Right. Wow. Ooh, yes, so. where they have lost control of the wheelchair and blamed my weight, and there is no denying I am a larger lady. Uh, and and she was quite abrupt, so I was equally as assertive and insisted that it is her job to assist people with mobility problems. What would you do, Holly? I just totally agree with Kim. Thank yeah. you. Every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's a, reason, there's a reason I put this in here, because this actually happened to me last week. Oh, wow. And oh, really? I was like this... Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was a lot of detail in there. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of crazy look in her eye. You should have read between the lines. I was yeah. 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 when I was typing my letter of complaint <laughs> to Heathrow Airport. Um, who, yeah. Anyway, she, yeah, she was, she was outrageous. And when, when, when I like, eventually realised she was not going to help me. There was nothing mm. that she was going to do to help me. And I was like, okay, I had no choice but to get up and get my own bags. And I was livid and I wasn't just livid I was really upset because I had mm-hmm. just I'd been awake for like 24 hours and mm. I was tired and I would had a bad flight and all that and um, I uh, I asked her her name and she kind of stepped really far back from me and put her hand over her name badge and then she's like shouting mm. and I'm going why do you want my name why do you want my name and I was like because I'm going to make a complaint about you mm. <laughs> yeah why else would I be asking you your name no. yeah. and she lost the plot and then she went and get, got help she went and got porters then to come and help me and um but now they didn't help very much anyway that, that was a, that started a whole big thing but i've never had that in any airport in any country that i've ever been i have in. to say I, I would have lost my temper i i would have said I would this have, only happens yeah. to me in the uk i, I travel a lot mm. and any troubles i have in the airport is only it's exclusively in the uk 
Well, wow. I've I actually mm. I found I would stand up for most airports, mm. and I tr- usually travel from Gatwick, and I've never had a I think I've once had a problem with Gatwick, but that was also me not communicating properly, mm. so I have to hold my hands up to that one. But generally, I found Gatwick really good. I found Dublin Airport brilliant, and I found the airports in in America were great. Mm. Like I have no problem with any of them. It was just landing back to Heathrow, and I was like, oh, welcome home. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Anyway, That's- that was my little moment. Well, it's quite interesting you say that because um, so I was talking to someone who had an experience. They're, they're a walker um, and they came to a train station and they had a bag with them and they asked to go through the big gates. And the blokes there said, no, you can lift it over your head. What? No. Because they don't look like they have an impairment. Mm. So, and they had to argue with the people at the gates. Mm. So it's sometimes it's, yeah, it's not even related to a wheelchair. It's just you know they can Sorry, stay they, they, they were in a wheelchair. They weren't. <laughs> no, no, they're walking. They're walking, they're walking, right, walking, so. walking without yeah, aids. Yeah. yeah, and so they had to. You know, and you don't want to divulge your medical details to someone to have hmm. to in order to get to yeah, every yeah. gate. You know, that's your choice. That's your option. I'm taking over from Chris this week because he's at home cleaning all of his trainers. <laughs> <laughs> White Converse. <laughs> <laughs> all, his, all of his white clothes. He's got so many pairs now. Have you run out of wet wipes yet? <laughs> <laughs> An endless supply he has. Yeah, he's not even here to defend himself. Exactly, I love it. It's brilliant. I've got so much of this. The aloe vera for the good one. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen him do that. <laughs> so this week's really clever question comes all the way from the USA, Atlanta, Georgia. And, was, and this one actually wasn't sent in. It was asked in person when Ruth met up with listener Richard on a recent trip to the States. Jax, I think you are especially interested in this one, as I believe you know who Richard is. I do. I do follow Richard on social media, and I've seen pretty much all of his videos. So good job, Richard. I love this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so Richard's question is, I've received a lot of hate online from keyboard warriors calling me fake because I use my chair when I can walk. Mm-hmm. I've learned to let it go over my head, but sometimes it still gets to me. With your podcast, you must get some unpleasant messages. How do you deal with the haters? Well, I think this is not uh, well podcast and general general life. Mm-hmm. Um, do we get hate? I wouldn't say we get hate, but I'd say that we get we, we don't have as many followers as Richard. So Richard um, and his buddy have a YouTube channel and now a podcast, and they're called Wheels to Walking. And he is a walker who uses a wheelchair. I met up with them when I was in Atlanta because they've obviously started their new podcast and I was like, hey, we've got a podcast in the UK, you've got a podcast in the US, let's meet up and have a chat. So we did. And we had a great chat, we hung out for the day and it was brilliant. Um, but yeah, Richard gets a lot of hate, but they've got like, they've got videos that have gone really viral and stuff. So they've got like, you know, millions of people who know who they are. Um, he gets a lot of abuse online. Um, we don't get that. I think that's because our community is very... I think it's a lot smaller, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's smaller, but I think as well that that we... They, are, they, they kind of cater to anybody with any kind of disability. It's not specifically spinal cord injury or and also their podcast is all about health and wellness. So it's it's about like so Richard is, is in a wheelchair, but his friend isn't. So it's, it's you know, they're, they're more kind of um, catering to the masses, whereas we we have a very specific demographic that we're aiming to to get listening to us, and I think that there hopefully there's a little bit of kindness within that group. We have had a few messages that have been quite unpleasant, um, and but I wouldn't go so far as to say hate, 
and um, we have had a few people kind of be critical which is fine critical is totally fine um, and people have pointed out you know <coughs> for example somebody has pointed out one time when I was insensitive and I was they were correct and um, people have pointed out you know various different things where we've gotten information wrong and they were correct and that's fine but we've never had anything nasty really no I don't think so. But I think I think we're very careful in what we put on social media and stuff as well as so as well as because we take on board everybody's uh, input when they give it back to us. Um, we try not to be overtly positive all the time. We have mm. to be realistic in in life generally and with our uh, disabilities. Well, I have had a few messages where people have kind of said to me, "But I mean, what do you know? You're you know you have a fake spinal cord injury. Do you know that that kind of thing." Um, I don't. I just delete them. Like I couldn't mm. even tell you the names of the people who sent. So sorry if that was you. Don't know your name. I'm not going to give you enough time to learn your name. I delete it. Absolutely. Because, yeah. There's so many other things to fill your time with rather than spending it on people that mm. either don't get it or they just want to be a troll on the internet and want to do their own thing. So mm. it's much better to just get those people out of your life. And if it's on social media, it's so easy to just delete them and block them and go like, thank you, goodbye. I actually feel sorry for people who feel that they have to hide behind a keyboard, um, you know, or who feel that this is the only way that they, the, the only thing that they have to say. It's like, find something positive, find mm. something constructive. So the people who have come back with something critical to say, at least they have come back and said, I don't like the way you said this or did this because, or could you not have looked at it from this point of view, or you didn't include this in your discussion. Fine. At least mm. they are coming with an argument, and 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 they have been right when they've said said it. Yeah. So, so if you don't like it, tell us yeah. why. Tell you know. Yeah. I mean, I was trolled once. Really? When I was on the chase again. Did <laughs> 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 I mention that? Are you um, yeah. no, Seriously, I was on Twitter, and my friends were like, uh, "Maybe don't look at Twitter, Holly." And I was like, "Nah, come on, look at it, look at it." And there were things like, "She had shots before she's gone on. What the hell?" <laughs> and someone else was like, um, "Did she cut her own fringe?" And I was like, "Yes, yes, I did." Bloody <laughs> 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 like, fantastic! Yeah. yeah, thank you, thank you, guys. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for noticing. I'm yeah, but, you, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was quite. I was, I was thinking like, if these people are there sitting watching the chase on a Friday night and all they can do is write horrible things on Twitter, well, I'm having a better life, so... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it, that. yeah. This is very, You're like, very true. And then you just think, I feel really sorry for them. Yeah. yeah, and you wonder how much anger it must take for somebody oh, to God. actually... Yeah, it might be. It might literally be someone who is newly injured or newly affected and they don't know where to place mm. their frustration, frustration yeah, and they're yeah. taking it out on you yeah. when really yeah. they, they just don't want to take it out on themselves. And that that's kind of fair mm. as well. But um, have a little bit of compassion for them, ignore it and move on. Yeah. Jacques, you sent me a great meme the other day. Yeah, um, yeah. He sent me a meme and it's somebody standing in a liquor store or whatever, standing up from a, a wheelchair to reach something on the top shelf. Um, and <laughs> underneath it's got, oh my God, it's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's funny. It is funny. Yeah. But the person who's doing that may not know that that picture was taken. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so there's two sides to that whole thing yeah, yeah. I mean I do that a lot in the supermarket I'll go I'll, I use my wheelchair all the time and if I'm in the supermarket I'll stick a basket on my lap whiz around the supermarket get what I need to do if there's something on the top shelf I'll put the basket down on the floor stand up hold on to the shelf and, and take whatever I need to do I'm, I'm not going to roll around asking for help from shop people mm. around me I can do it myself mm. and even that will people will go like well what did you just do and it's like this is just me. If you want to know, come and ask me a question. You can judge me all you want to. I don't really give a shit. No. <laughs> <laughs>
Guys, I'd love to talk more. So I'm going to have to sign up for the Next Steps programme so that we can talk like for a whole weekend about it. But we are really running out of time. So um, I'm afraid we're going to have to end the show there. Before we go, though, and I don't know which of you three is going to be most excited about this, but we have a special gift for all of you. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. You're oh all God. going to get a Spinal Crap mug. Which is going to get stolen in the backup office, I would have thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's already oh, the first person, Andy. Andy Masters Andy, is the Andy's first Andy's one to get one. Wins, it's so. in the office, so it's been used by a few people. <laughs> uh, they, they, they haven't quite put the other side of the mug. I was going to say, they yeah. take the mug's yeah. advice. Yeah. 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 It is infection control, just this particular time. It's quite lax in backup. <laughs> okay, well, I hope that you all enjoy them when you all get loads of nice cups of tea and coffee out of them. Um, and that you remember us every time you're having your morning brew. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for having us, guys. It's been really great. It's been a great chat. It's really reaffirming every single time yeah. we, we, have, we get together and chat do keep listening this. anyway we love we love interaction oh, yeah, yeah. with you guys obviously. you know I'm listening keep, keep in touch keep in touch <laughs> yeah, guys. absolutely so until next time guys this is Spinal Crap bye bye, bye. thanks for listening to This Is Spinal Crap and thank you to our sponsors Colaplast. If you like this week's show, please be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media.